everybody. Welcome back to We Bought a Mic for a little TV talk, a little mm -hmm. comedy Quick one. recommends uh, with me, Ernest, and... I'll, no, I'll let Moo the dog introduce himself. He's clearly got so much to fucking say all of a sudden. We have uh, Batman Begins in the other room. Oh, really? Why, yeah, he's fired up. He hates Liam Neeson. Yeah. He loves Nolan. He's a Nolan boy. Yeah, he thinks that Neeson uh, was too grounded. Anyway, I'm Drew. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to do a little ep, ep with you in between in between Robin and Batman. Oh, that's funny, Robin Williams and Batman. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. We all know uh, Batman's sidekick is just a wacky comedian, <laughs> just an unhinged comedic force. I, you know, I take that over Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'll be honest. Um, you should use your maiden name. <laughs> your real name. That's... Robin Williams. Uh -oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Robin Williams yeah. Batman. I don't see anything under John Blake. Oh, try Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made that a better movie. Because um, in retrospect, that movie didn't didn't slap so hard. The, the final of yeah. the Nolan Batman. It's not as it's not as bad as people. It's not remember. bad. No, it's not yeah. bad. It's just it. I mean, it had to follow up Dark Knight. That's tough. Anyway, the whole point of this episode is not to talk about Batman. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple of shows who both are renewed. Um, and both recently uh completed their first seasons. One a lot more recent than the other. But I want to start with the less recent one, uh, Hacks. Mm -hmm. On HBO Max. Yeah. So you, you, I mean, this was on your list. Like you saw this a while back. Yeah, this was my number nine, I believe. And out of how many for context? Uh, you, ten. No, out of how many TV shows that you watched that? Oh, <laughs> that is a <laughs> shameful number. Yeah, that I don't that's, want to. That's what I'm saying, guys. It's out of a. It's out of a lot. We're talking like yeah. top one, like two percent. <laughs> Number nine out of like 900. Yeah, I really, really like this show. It's Jean Smart. I think she won an Emmy for this. She did. Yeah. And and it, this, I mean, this was like, I guess, kind of the best type of Emmy bait because it's not, it's not bait, but this is a role and an actress uh, in the role where you watch and you're like, well, if they don't give her the Emmy for this, I mean, what, you know, yeah. when is she going to get any recognition ever? It's a, it's a showcase of yes. talent. She, is what you describe it as. Ex exactly. She is playing a uh, larger than life, really brassy, like Joan Rivers style comedian who has a residency in Vegas. Uh, but she, her act is stale and she's starting to lose uh, power over the scene. And then she gets paired up with a very <laughs> unlikely partner. Uh, a bit of a millennial type. <laughs> Hannah Einbinder. You could say she's the anti-Gene Smart. The complete opposite side of the spectrum. Yeah, except for one thing. Um, they're both absolutely hilarious, yeah, Ernest. They're a romp. Um, Everyone is not going to watch the show. Now. No, no. The, the thing is, is like the way the show starts it is kind of by the numbers. It, I, I wasn't set up is like, you've seen it. I'll say I, I was very much not floored by the first episode. I continued it because a, there was enough there. B I loved everyone who was behind the show. Um, it's, it's Paul W downs and the, and his, uh, writing partner, uh, Lucia and yellow who did broad city. They're like the minds behind the producer minds behind broad yeah. city. 
Um, and then Jen Statsky also as co-creator who uh, wrote for Parks and Rec, uh, maybe maybe Good Place also. She's in she's from the Mike Schur family, as are multiple writers on the show, because this is also produced by Mike Schur of The Office, Parks and Rec, uh, the Good hey, Place fame. She, she, uh, Statsky started out on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. She also, before yeah. that, very crucially, started out on Twitter. Okay. Wow. She early, is, early Twitter. So she, she is essentially the stand-in for Hannah Einbinder's character yeah. in this. Like it is it, I, like they wouldn't say that it's based on her, but she has the experience of being like a young spunky comedy writer who um has she's gotten in like semi-hot water on Twitter, nothing crazy. Um I know she's gotten her Twitter like hacked and deleted though. Mm -hmm. I don't Hacked. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um so yeah, our second lead is Ava, Hannah Einbinder, who I want to say her parents, because she she was a relative unknown before this show. Um, I want to say her parents are are people. Does that sound right to you? Well, aren't aren't all like comedy people nepotism babies in her, some way? Her mom is Lorraine Newman from the OG SNL cast. Oh, nice. Yeah, Hannah Einbinder in her own right is a stand-up. Um, hadn't acted before, um, before even auditioning for this. And I think we see her grow as an actress over the course of the season as the show grows. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say is this this show starts out very kind of broad comedy. It's and it's, it gets it gets pretty dark. That's the th every it, for all like the amount of like comedic genius minds behind this. Um, this show feels a lot more comfortable when it's getting dramatic. Yeah, it like it's it really really comes into its own. That's why I, I kind of wanted to talk about it because and that's why I put it on my top ten. Yeah, because it, it's one of those like like halfway through the season you're like okay we're this the show is changing before our eyes, which is like what shows do in their first season. Like not every show is just ready to go, especially a show that's pitched as just like a comedy, just a down the middle comedy. Yeah. And for, I mean, and also for all the planning that they could have done, they, like I said, they're dealing with a first time actress in the, you know, a lead role, like a co-lead role. She, I would say she gets more screen time than Jean Smart, especially in the first half of yeah. the, this season, um, which is another kind of semi flip that happens. We get, the more we get of Jean Smart, the better the show gets. Um, but yeah, the, so it revolves around these two comedians uh, working together against each of their wills uh, because of Paul W. Downs, yeah. uh, co-creator. who He's like the, the talent agent, basically. Yeah. So he's, he's the talent agent. I, I don't think that he's the most magnificent actor in the world, um, which is why they paired him up with the most magnificent actress in the world, Meg Stalter. Again, yeah. of social media fame. Uh, ironic. Yeah, she plays his assistant. His, his assistant, who's like the daughter of the CEO. She's yeah. just like just unbelievably fucking stupid. Um, you you've seen this role like a bunch of times, but Meg Stalter is is like a goddess. Like her, every, every video she posts is like she she has a a manic like improviser energy to her, where mm -hmm. like she's saying things in the show that are not lines, you know, <laughs> right. and it's better for it. So love her. And her, the way she delivers them is just like so over the top. Yeah. And and a show like that, like this, I think you could say that something like that kind of derails it. But in my opinion, it, it needs that derailment a little bit. Like you want to feel like 
you don't know where it's gonna go with some of these plot lines. Yeah, it needs it needs it needs an injection of silliness because yeah. even even when Ava and uh, what's Gene Smart's character's name? I'm so stupid. Um, I'm so stupid. Deborah Vance, Debra. legendary stand-up comedian. Yeah, Debbie Vance. Maybe I would know about her if she had gotten that late night show. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> that was a wild episode no, so, when all that's revealed. Yeah. Uh, anyway, when even when they're being funny together, it's a very painterly type of funny. And that sounds like an insult and it's not an insult, but it's just it's not silly like the, most of the interactions between these two women because it's it's a tough thing to write. These are two women who know when they're being funny. Right. And they're like self-aware. They're being self-aware about the jokes that they're telling to each other. And one way that you can measure character growth in the show is uh, eventually they start laughing at each other's jokes. And that's like a big step for them. They start to acknowledge, okay, like we we're on a wavelength here. Like we have more in common than not. And and sometimes they're being funny without even trying, which is like some of the best stuff when they're just like just involuntarily yeah. riffing <laughs> and trying to like one up each other. And there's this dynamic that plays out where like uh Vance is inherently doubtful mm -hmm. of Ava coming in to like help her with her act. She's like, I don't fucking yeah. need you. And some millennial coming well, in here to tell me that I'm how to, to be funny to me. And Ava is only doing this because she was uh, canceled for a Twitter joke. Yeah. Um, which was like, honestly, I don't think that that would get anyone canceled. Well, maybe in, I don't know, 2015. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, and this is just like a, it, that so the pilot episode bugged me for that reason. I I didn't think the joke was that bad. I I see jokes worse than that by like very rich comedy writers every yeah. day on Twitter. And secondly, when they're riffing on the joke, when which is a great scene in theory, when you know Deborah Vance chases her down in her car, and they're oh that is a good so they're yeah. pitching better jokes. The one they settle on is the worst option, <laughs> and that really. What are, what are we doing, guys? Like we, you're all, well, we're all writers. I here. don't know if it was the worst one, but it wasn't great. There was a there was a better one that was pitched like second or third. Okay, and I was like, come on, gang. Like we know this. Um, it, I mean that speaks to how highly I think of these writers. Though Joe Mandy's another writer for the show. Uh, Joe Mandy, the God, the Mike Sure God, the Parks mm -hmm. and Rec, uh, Good Place. Uh, also someone who was massive on Twitter and then quit Twitter entirely. God. Um, maybe that's a good idea. You yeah. Know? Maybe you just do it before we get massive. <laughs> right? Oh, this guy. Oh yeah. This guy, he was on Kroll show. Joe, Joe Mandy is everywhere. Joe, yeah. Joe Mandy is everything. He's best friends with all of our favorite comedians. He's sort of like the behind the scenes. Like, like he, he does jokes for Mulaney sometimes. Like he's that he's on that level. He does jokes for the best joke writer in the world. Right. Um, so we're, we're dealing with like pretty rarefied air here, uh, behind the scenes, but these are people who want to, try something other than just straight comedy. Mm -hmm. um, and they do that really, really effectively. Like this, as the show oh, sort of grows into its own, as Hannah Einbinder grows into her own as an actress, um, and the show, I, th I think, really figures out how to use her a lot better because yeah. she is really, she she's a natural actress. She She's very good at facial acting. Um, she's very good at reacting. It's it's almost what I said about Chalamet in in um, the French Dispatch. It, it's not everyone was born to like chew through lines that are yeah. just like you know just like paragraphs. You just at gotta a time. have a face. It, you just and also just like it, 
like not everyone talks like that and so like when they try to it, it might just sound you know it just sounds like they got a mouthful of teeth in their way like it doesn't you know what i mean yeah. um <laughs> but she so the, the the more that they let her be natural the better the show gets like it's just i was just really happy to watch a show just like get a lot better yeah. like i think it goes from like that's a seven to a nine right exactly that's the thing is you start out with this very kind of by the numbers premise you know it's cool that it's a a, a female-led show like yeah. at least that seems you know kind of different but everything about the first episode maybe first two or three episodes it's like okay what is this going to do that deems it to be like worth my time? Cause that's the thing about a lot of TV these days. It's yeah. like, it has to almost go above and beyond. That's the thing. To, the, the standard now <laughs> is you have to just start great. Yeah. Like, and that's not, that's not fair to shows, especially comedies. This right. is, this is said by every comedy writer on earth. Yeah. Like Mike sure says this more than anyone. A comedy has to like take time. Yeah. It does. Like episode six should be way different from and, episode one. And the thing, the thing that's unfair about that is like the comedy, the old school sitcom half hour comedy is not trying to achieve anything it, ultra extraordinary yeah it's just trying to be just solid good yes you just turn it on you get 30 minutes in and out and you get some laughs and you're good and you're not expecting you know fucking breaking bad mad men sopranos you know level shit but we live in a world now with tv that it's like the competition for eyeballs is so insane that like you have to be this it, everybody's like okay it, this better be worth my time yeah you know but it's like that's not what a comedy should be if you're trying to go to the roots of what the 30 minute sitcom was originally supposed to be yeah and this is not like a you know old school sitcom yeah no but you have to try to look at it in that lens a little bit because that's kind of like the this is the the grand daughter show <laughs> of something like Seinfeld, you know, obviously like very, very different, but like the connective tissue is there. Like you just want something that you can just put on and feel good and, and get 30 minutes of good laughs in there. And by the end of the season, you've been on a journey with these characters. Yeah, this is, that is just, you just connect with them so much. One, one like particularly like ultra modern great move that a lot of shows uh, that we love especially make is they have they dedicate episodes or large chunks of them to ancillary characters and the show does that we Carl Can, Carl Clemens yes. Hopkins um, as Marcus who is Jean's or who is Deborah Vance's uh, assistant and has been like for essentially his whole life he when he gets his time like this this guy's great okay I think he's like the sneaky MVP of the show um because he's so emotive and he's able to flip between like uh kind of like a, a romantic uh vibe to like a very stern vibe mm -hmm. to just a very kind of you know sweet and kind and 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 relaxed vibe yeah he's able to just like switch his wavelength depending on what the scene needs from him he um very very effective yeah it's all it's smartly written too but he he acts it so well like just putting a character in a situation which is <laughs> a very broad way to look at it but like for example 
when he's around his mom, he becomes a totally different Ooh, person. Yeah. Because that's how you become when you're around your mom. <laughs> you become like it's a different interaction than you have with anyone else on earth. Like you change fundamentally. Right. Um, and he's so, so good yeah. at that. Like he's a fucking killer. And the what is it? The water um the, the pool boy yeah he has he has a romance with yeah well in in vegas you know you can only use a certain amount of water so he's yeah. like a, a water enforcement guy exactly he's yeah. basically like a parking officer but for water yeah. use in your and, house and it becomes like a genuinely riveting romance it's a good <laughs> it's a good love story yeah. like a really good one right um i i did not expect that from the show from like the side guy mm -hmm. to just like kind of take over the romantic yeah. thread especially because we have plenty of shit going on here and uh only 10 episodes right right so it, it's crazy it, like the show is willing to find time for that and that's that's one step in elevating your show beyond uh the not run i guess run of the mill good yeah is, is you know what you could say it started as um also you you i mean the cast is just rounded out by they're familiar faces that it just like killed like always like shooter mcgavin of course mm -hmm. christopher uh mcdonald shooter mcgavin his name's shooter <laughs> mcgavin um he he rocks as guess guess what type of character a bad guy yeah <laughs> a not not a full bad guy just kind of a just kind of a shitty guy yeah he's not evil he's like i guess he does do like one thing that really fucks deborah over but he's just trying to like be there for her and like connect with her but he also is pretty selfish in he's the end. he's very conniving yeah like he he does a lot to gain her trust only to yeah to he's like the away. ceo of the casino that she has the residency at yeah and then um caitlin olsen sweet d i forgot yeah that's right the daughter yeah she's incredible a, a tragic character like a yeah. really really sad character and like one of the more realer like more lived in ideas for a character in the show because it's it's deborah vance's daughter who you know this is more often than not what happens to the children of ultra rich um you know singularly focused on their career people like they yeah. they fall to the wayside they become just sort of nothing right just trying to sell earrings really ugly yeah really ugly <laughs> crystal jewelry and she's like going to expos and stuff um, that's really sad that's yeah it's also a great episode when they go to the expo yeah. it's it's a good little it's like a good little side quest for ava as well to learn more about like that ultimately right. brings her closer to deborah well that's that's a big part of the structure of the whole season is ava being put in situations where she has to either learn something or do something to get out of and learn some kind of lesson. It's it's almost like a very kind of uh, old school TV thing. I kind of keep coming back to this thought of like this show kind of capturing this old school vibe. Well, that yeah. it's like, all right, what is our character going to do this week that's going to like she's going to take away something, some kind of lesson or 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 not even lesson, but sometimes lesson, but sometimes um furthering the plot in a way that like brings her closer to the goal of yeah. being a better yeah. comedy writer. That's, and well, that is the Mike Sure of it all. Yeah. It, Cause he is a, a structuralist. Yeah. Like his episodes are crafted, you know, in, in like, a, like a Dan Harmon way. He's just quieter about it. Than Dan Harmon <laughs> is. Um, 
the other way that you see that is every episode has an A plot and a B plot of yeah. the show, which is, you know, that that's every episode of most sitcoms um, will have that. But like Prestige TV doesn't always. But this show does. And it's I think it's put to good use in the show. Like it most episodes, you're not thinking like, man, this story is a lot weaker than the other one. Like usually it's two solid stories yeah. getting put up, you know, one, two against each other. Right. Um, so that works for me. What is the um, name? Speaking toward uh, Ava having to grow or learn from uh, unbelievably traumatic events that happened to her. The Vegas guy. What the okay, fuck? so what we're the fuck, man? we're gonna spoil a big part of the show now. So if you don't want to get spoiled, just like pause and come back or skip forward. But there's an episode. I think it's episode. It's crazy. It's either seven or eight. It's it's like right around that kind of starting into the second half of the of the season where she meets this guy and they basically like it becomes like a rom-com for like the entire episode where they just like go all out in Vegas having fun drinking doing yep. drugs gambling Dude, and it's Molly, like a it's like, like a beautiful like moment of connection but for her and this guy the thing is the whole episode I don't trust him though right like the whole episode, I'm like that. This something's why. Something's, yeah, like, there's a reason up. we are not learning anything about him, and it's because it's <laughs> because he's there to spend like two million dollars. Yeah, basically to just spend all uh, the money that he stole from old people and then kill himself the next morning. Yep. Um, and he does that. If if there's one note I would have for this show, that is something that you don't you you don't just come back from the way that Ava does. Like it affects her. But that is a that is the, the most insane thing that's ever happened in her entire life. And the next episode, we're just kind of dealing us with some other shit. And part of that is the sitcom thing where it's just, you know, like there's there's an amount of just resetting, like at the beginning of every new episode, even if it's even if it's serialized. Like, I still I still think that that needed a little more weight to it. I think that it does impact her. I mean, obviously, it, it doesn't shift the entire trajectory of the show. But I think that after that episode, I think I'm, I'm looking it up now. I think it's episode five. Yeah, it is. Which is directed by Paul W. Downs. Uh, it's called Falling. Um, basically, after that, that's like the halfway point of the season. After that, she is so much more... Um, What's the word? I guess like, I guess the best word I can come to is like determined to make this situation work because she's so self-destructive in the first half of the season. Like she really doesn't want this job. She wants to get out of it. She thinks it sucks. Like she's not ready to like commit herself to actually like doing this for real. Yeah. And right around that moment, that's when something flips um, and there's other factors in there too. I mean, her relationship with Deborah is obviously, you know, kind of getting more fleshed out, but that's when like, she becomes like a little bit more willing to actually try. No, that, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, like it, it affects her, her journey. Um, I just like, there's, there's no way to, to give it the weight it actually should have in real life because right. that would, right. just, that, the whole show would just like end. She would yeah. just like go home. Yeah. Because it's fucking insane what happened. Um, that said, I, and then uh, the next episode, I'm pretty sure, is like the edibles episode, right? Um, um, yeah, the next one's New Eyes. Yeah, that's the, that's the edibles episode. Yeah. Which is uh, an they awesome take edibles together. Yeah, and for all the 
the tropiness. This is a very Joe Mandy thing um, in, in his stand-up and in his writing. He, he Rightfully, he understands that a lot of the time it's not really a big event that like leads to, to like change or a better understanding of someone. It's just like getting fucked up with them. Yeah. Like, that's true. Also, that's the episode. Um, pretty sure that that's the episode that ends with them just on the phone together watching TV. No, that's before. Okay. Because that, that was like a huge moment for them. That was, I love that yeah. moment. That's when like, when that episode ended, I just felt like this feeling in my heart that I was like, oh my God, this is kind of a special yeah. show right here. Well, and another reason why is because that is either at three or four that that happens. They really make you fucking wait, man. Like yeah. there are multiple episodes where these two people just exclusively hate each other. There's yeah. not even a hope that they're going to like each other. Right. Like, and that pays off. That's like, that's the sort of patience that you don't usually see in uh, comedy. And, well, and we, it's worthwhile. We should talk about the end though, because I, I feel like at the end, the final episode, you get to this moment where after all the shit goes down, like, you know, Deborah almost like doesn't do her her act. Like, there's all this this drama, and you get to this place where like they're reconciled and ready to move forward as a unit. And then there's this little tinge. What is it exactly that happens that like there's something on on her phone? She leaves like a message on her phone that she needs to delete. That's right? not even the finale. So that is the episode. That's the episode after the Vegas thing because she calls while she's like coked up and mollied out yeah. and quits. Right. Because of but this Deborah doesn't hear. Yeah. The so the next episode, she gets rid of that. Um, and then but there's something she gets an interview to write for a show. OK. And she yeah. sneaks out and it's like the classic like two dates at one. Thing, yeah. You it's know, the, one the, thing. we call it the high school musical. Yeah. So she has she has to go to L.A. and, and interview with these, you know, with like this this team of uh, writers who wants to make a comedy show. As it turns out, they're mainly interested in her because this is going to be a show about a an old lady, huge bitch comedian who sucks. Mm. Um, yeah. And they want her stories. It's very broad and very, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> and she has her big moment of like, you know what? That that lady's got more in her than you guys. Like, you know, that, that's not, that's belittling, but it's like, you know, it's a good scene. Um, It is like, a, it's a tropey show. So that, so that's, I guess that's what I'm thinking is like, what kind of left me in a little bit of a weird place at the end where you feel like, okay, finally they're together. They're going to go on tour. It's going to be great. But oh, wait, wait, wait. She actually is going to quote unquote betray her by taking another job. Yeah. And she doesn't know yet. Well, no, she, so she doesn't. What is, no, there's something at the finale finale that like is setting up the next season. I'm, I'm, man, I'm, I'm really blanking on what it is. So this is what, this is what the, um, the Wikipedia summary um says Ava apologizes to Deborah who informs her that although her final Las Vegas show was a failure she sees potential in the material and wants to go on tour with Ava to improve it Ava accepts but receives a call from Jimmy while boarding her flight warning her that her email slandering Deborah has been received by the production company that interviewed her there we go so she it basically you know what I love because I appreciated that because I like it when a show like this is willing to not pretend that it's a miniseries. It's, yeah. it's a show being like, no, this this show, we wanted to have another season. We're not going to wrap things up. 
like, hey, we're setting up episode 11. Um, if they don't want to renew it, guess what? Now everyone's going to be upset. Yeah. <laughs> and also you need something to in, introduce some kind of conflict here because yeah. that that was the main selling point of the show is that these two women are at odds with each other because they're yeah. from different generations and they just don't want to work together. So if you end the season on like, oh, okay, we're finally working together. Yeah. Oh, something's not quite right. Exactly. Um, especially after all the not quite right they've been through. And it could be one of those situations where like we might even join them like, you know, after a bit of a time jump and that's already been resolved. Like right. that doesn't matter. We as, don't see the tour. Yeah. We see like the end of the tour. It doesn't matter as much as the fact that it is a setup in general matters. Like that matters a lot. And I like it when TV shows will do that because fucking every movie on earth has the balls to do that. Yeah. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of shows don't. A lot of shows um, they'd rather go out saying like, well, you know, maybe maybe that was good enough as yeah. it was, you know, we, we can be proud of that. Just the one season. Yeah. No, like act Keep like going. act like you're a fucking show. You right. want more seasons. And the show got renewed. And it was after the finale. They didn't know yet when they made this. Right. Um, so so good on him. And it deserves to be renewed because this is a show that like it it has more growing to do, I think. Yes. And I I wonder if it's still going to be Vegas based. No, I I really don't think so. I think they're gonna be touring. Because that's one of the things I really liked about it is like it kind of shows the seedy underside yeah. of Vegas. Vegas in the daytime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's nasty. It, it's yeah, it's very, very good at that. Um, I don't yeah. know when season two is coming out. It might not be this year or maybe later this year if they're shooting it right now. But it is renewed and it is coming. And, you know, I don't want Jean Smart to get lost in the shuffle amongst us, even though she won the Emmy. This is the real prize is that we like her in this jean smart yeah. is like she's she's going like streep mode like right. like that's the level the, that she, and i don't say that lightly this is like devil wears prada mode the uh the episode where she has like that montage of her doing her act i thought that was really really good she the is process of it yeah without jean smart a because i can't really think of who else that could play this Except for, I mean, Meryl Streep is the cheat because she could just play whatever. Right. But I don't, I don't know who else does this well in this role. Like, you know, like, like twenty years ago, you give it to like Cloris Leachman. Right. She's like, <laughs> she's dead. Betty White. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I think that even Meryl, Meryl can do kind of spiky, but not like Jean Smart. I think Meryl still has like this warmth to her, and with Jean you immediately like kind of put your guard out up a little bit. She's, she has she's like, good at being a bitch. Yeah. She has like this biting kind yeah. of intensity to she, her. She, she is wildly good and she deserves like, this is a huge like late career pop for her. She's yeah. been around forever and she's never been like on the level of right. uh, that generation of actresses. I, I think if HBO max is smart, which I think they are cause they've been doing really good things lately. They'll have this show go for like five seasons minimum. Like, why not? Why not? Keep I, it going. The only reason why not might be that, like, someone parts. It, yeah. It could be either Gene or the behind-the-scenes people because they right. this is their, like, entryway to, like, prestige. Well, maybe maybe three. Just do yeah. three. three. I think three is good. Yeah, like, almost like a good place. Like, three, yeah. three or four. And, uh, the, you know, it can close out gracefully. It can end 
after like the full story is told yeah and everyone that is is involved with this show is going to be better off for it how do you okay let's do a wild prediction right now how does this show end just based on what we saw in season one without knowing anything about season two it ends okay so it ends in it goes for 20 seasons <laughs> and it ends when gene smart dies in, oh in real life and in at that point they do a flash forward and Hannah Einbinder is like Jean Smart age and she's like the washed oh, it up loops, one. It loops back around on itself. Yeah. That's actually not a bad pitch. <laughs> I was thinking, okay, season two, maybe season two, we get like half uh, of the season is the tour, like the last couple stops of the yeah, tour. Yeah. And then the second half is like some kind of like stratified season where she's trying to balance this new job and still work with Deborah. And then it's like, they really, really can't make it work. But then Ava really rises with this new show at the deperment of like pissing off Deborah a lot. And then three is like Ava really rising to success because, and by the end, because her way back to humility and to connect with the, woman that yeah. helped her start her career because Ava's opening for Jean on tour. Okay. I didn't even think of that. That's good. I That's guess good. we don't really, I don't, is she a standup in the show? It's funny. Cause the, no, she's it, just like a Twitter. She's just like a Twitter person. She, yeah. She's a comedy writer. Yeah. But like, she could just be a standup. Like, right. I, you know what I mean? And then like, it becomes a thing where it's like, you could just tour. Yeah. Ava, you're good. Yeah. She and starts then, doing Seinfeld. Well, like, and then what's the deal with phones? And then for, <laughs> For all her growth, Jean Smart, Jebra Vance is still like a huge bitch. So like, I, if she, if Ava's opening for her, she could be like, you know, you're using your better jokes on yourself, mm. like that type of shit. Yeah. There's that one one like multi episode thing. We'll be giving Jean Smart a real love interest. Okay, that'll be fascinating. Yeah, not um, it'll probably not end well, but not what's his face. No, not not Chris sh- not shooter. <laughs> I, I will say, like, they kind of did have a cool little bit of chemistry. They did because they're both psychos. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're both, like, business psychos in the same way. But he he really got to her a little bit. And, like, she never yeah. is emotionally reached by anyone. And she immediately regretted it because he's such a dick. The main question, though, is does Marcus go to Joshua Tree to the Airbnb <sighs> with that, his boy? He's got to. He needs to. He's got to. That man is a workaholic. He's running her like entire empire. (laughs) Yeah. He's got to go. He's got to go. Go with the water boy. Yeah. (laughs) That was such a sweet man. Like he was a nice guy. (laughs) He was like, hey, do you realize that you're like an indentured servant to this woman? (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, that's Hacks. Um, We love it. We love it huge recommend check it out it's on hbo max um we have another show to talk about here this is a show that came in very self-assured because they're the people involved with the show particularly chris miller who's like the main brain behind it he doesn't need any time to to figure out what he's doing it's the after party this show is so good it's on apple tv plus yeah apple tv plus it's they, you know, they they plugged it pretty hard on there. Um, not everyone gets on there. It also doesn't look great. Like, it doesn't look like a very good show, um, except for the cast. Like, you see that cast, you're, you know, you're probably thinking, well, okay. this, I mean, this is definitely a who's who, but it could just be one of those things where they paid them all, but it sucks, you know? This cast is one of the best casts 
of any TV show in recent memory. Like this is a movie level cast. Yeah. You've got Tiffany Haddish in the lead. So this is this is basically like a like a knives out murder mystery. It is. So you've got uh Tiffany Haddish in like the Benoit Blanc Daniel Craig role. Then you've got Sam Richardson who's coming in hot. Yeah, who's who's like in a way he's the lead, you yeah. know. Um but in a way all these characters are the leads of their own stories. <laughs> and that's what the after party is about, folks. Every it's so we're talking knives out, but every episode is a different genre. Yeah. Based on what character it's following. Telling it, the exact same story every single episode. And, and it nails it every single time. Because yeah, because Chris Miller is a god. Yeah. Like he the amount of craft in the show. Keep going with the cast because that's everything is coalescing in the show. So, it's, Zoe, it's all coming together. Zoe Chow, who I hadn't seen in anything else, is very good. Um, she's kind of a newcomer. Ike Barinholtz, who usually I cannot fucking stand, is incredible well, in this role. He as like the shitty as the guy, yeah, as a guy you can't stand. Yeah. He always plays that because he look he's so fucked up looking. <laughs> Benny Schwaz. Benny. AKA Sonic the Hedgehog. AKA Yep. Um, oh my god, what's his John uh, John Ralphio. Yeah. Uh, Alana Glazer of Broad City of fame. Broad City fame. Um, Crucially, Jamie Demetrio, who just you just know as the guy with the weird teeth and flea bag. Yeah, does he? he well, he's also the lead of Stothlet's Flats, which is apparently like there was there was some buzz when it started that this was like the best like The Office type show from mm -hmm. England since The Office, and he's the lead of it, so he's great, and he's it's. It's the type of character that could bother you, and he's awesome. Like, he nails it. And Dave Franco, mm -hmm. who is absolutely pitch perfect. Yeah. Can we can we take a minute? Perfect. I want to I talk for a minute about Dave Franco, because it's it's very easy to joke about this young man, um, because he's James Franco's brother. That's yeah. why he gets roles, because he's not, like, particularly... Like, it's not like he's, like, a great-looking person. Right. He, he also he just kind of looks like James Franco. He, yeah, he, he exactly. And he also just, he has, like, permanent mid-puberty voice. Like, he has, a, yeah. he has kind of a grating voice. But the thing is, that makes him funny. Like, yeah. if, if he can do comedy, then that's what he should do. And he's really good at comedy. Obviously, he's in this because um, he has the Jump Street connection with right. Chris Miller. And he's great in those movies as well. Dave Franco is really, really good. And I like the guy. And, uh... I think it's okay that he's like five foot two or whatever. <laughs> he plays a, a who was a nerd in high school because this is a high school reunion that everything is taking place at. Yeah, 15 um, years later. Who has become a almost like you could say a Bieber style pop star. Right. Um, but but a little bit more than that because he's well, also like in movies. He's like a big actor Well, it's, too. it's because they're in their early 30s in this, right? You said it was 15 years? Yeah, so they're in their early 30s, so like he has, he's had more time to like, you know, acclimate. He's he's also more he's very calculated um because he came from being a loser. Right. So he's yeah, he's become this huge star and we I mean it's it's like one of the first things you learn so we can go ahead and spoil. He he dies in the first episode. The the mystery being solved is who killed him at an after party of for the high school reunion that was at his mansion. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't even think that's a spoiler. No, it's not. That's just the setup That's of the, the marketing. Show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's who killed Xavier. By the way, um, one thing that did win me over involving this show was uh, this in in the marketing for the show, they they did like some 
like side marketing that was like just very earnestly trying to plug Xavier. Right. <laughs> you know, and like, as a guy. Yeah. And like just like playing his songs, like check out the new Xavier song. And it was like, I'm going to live forever. I ain't ever going to uh, Hungry Hungry Hippos co-starring Will Forte. <laughs> all, all of, yeah, all of the little interstitials. His songs are funny. Um. Yeah, his movie roles are great, <laughs> dude. Those hippos look hungry. No, the Holland they look Oates hungry, hungry. <laughs> the Holland Oates biopic with Channing Tatum. <laughs> that was incredible. There, I mean, Lord and Miller are like the gods of parody and they're, of, and of like self referentialism. Like they they're beyond when it comes to that. It's, there's, it's there's, unbelievable. Yeah, there's this really show. this is the type of thing that like Chris Miller is born to do. This is why I was really upset that they were going to be tied up in Star Wars for the rest of their fucking well, lives. Yeah. So this is something that we were talking about when we first started watching this show, because we we watched it together like we binged the first four episodes. Yeah. And we were talking about how like this show wouldn't exist if they were making like solo three. Yeah. This you was know? shot. This was shot in, I think, 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the behind the scenes photos are COVID with masks and yeah. distancing and all that shit. Which is, it's funny, it took so long to put out because they could have just made this at any point during COVID because right. it's so isolated. Yeah. Um, it's it's so, so good. Um, this is, um, I mean, I I love uh, Euphoria, and <laughs> but that show is like a mess. It's like a hot mess, but I love how hot of a mess it is. This is the show of the year so far. If you just take euphoria out of the equation, because yeah. everybody's kind of torn on that right now. And everyone's like, it's either garbage or a masterpiece. Yeah. So if you just take euphoria out, this this is the show you should watch. It really yeah, of this, the 2022. This season. is why I want to do this episode. I want to like ring the alarm on on the after party. Yeah. I, I want people to know about the show. I want it to be a success. It's already renewed for a season two, which uh, seemingly is going to play out just like Knives Out 2. It's going to be our lead detective yeah. solving a new mystery. Tiffany Haddish Which back. I can't be more excited. Like, they're gonna, you know the amount of people that Lord and Miller are connected Oof. to? They can get so, they can get Jonah Hill. Like, mm. they, you know what I mean? They could get so many fucking people. They can get Ice Cube. <laughs> <laughs> they can get Ice Cube. <laughs> yeah. They can, and they can get Will Forte, like, just like texting him. <laughs> He'll fucking show up. Kristen Shaw. Like, they, they, they're, their reputation precedes them. Um, so it's eight episodes. We, yeah, we they're got, all out now. We got to get into the genres. The, yeah. Because that, that it's not just like, Oh, we're, we're sort of like dabbling in a new genre. Every episode, each episode is entirely defined by the genre that yeah. it is, which the is look which, and feel yeah. the shots, the editing, the music, exactly. it's all, made to service whatever genre yeah. that episode it's, is so for a comedy it's like extremely written like it's written to the line except for some improvs by like ben schwartz definitely yeah um it, like a lot of his singing <laughs> <laughs> um but so it, it be, that's because this mystery is like unbelievably tightly wound it's like it's it really is like a knives out style mystery like it is you know uh it's very well thought out um there are easter eggs in episode yeah. one that come back in episode eight like it, it's well, that type it, of deal. even even more so than knives out it dives into the history of these people going all yeah. the way back to high school yeah and there's even an episode that actually shows high school yeah it um i guess yeah the best way to put it is it's it's so written um 
and that can put some people off with comedy because of the nature of modern right. comedies. You know, the Italian ones are very shaggy and like, yeah, not, you know, like, no, like low effort on purpose, not to say they're bad. Um, and this is the type of show that will be talking about itself the whole time. Just like, yeah. just like 22 Jump Street is like yeah. that 22 Jump Street is talking about itself the entire time. No dead. Yeah. There's, there's, there's moments in this show where it just explicitly addresses that this is like a murder mystery. Yeah. Well, and, like this, it, and it a lot calls of, out the tropes and a lot of, uh, because Tiffany Haddish is interviewing each of these people, a lot of her interrupting and just like treating it like she's watching an, yeah. an episode of a TV show. Be exactly. Like she's a viewer. Yeah. Um, trying to solve the mystery she's watching just like us. And you get, you get the, the, the back and forth between the actual interviewing happening yeah. between her and the person and the actual, you know, story that we see through the show. Yeah, exactly. And there's some great jokes in that. It, incredible shit. Because also we get really good B plots taking place like at this mansion because Haddish is interviewing. Oh, and by the way, um, her her sidekick policeman is just, it's just John Early casually. Like, right. don't, don't even worry about it. <laughs> Who is on fire. Yeah, he, I mean, of course he is. Um, but we're getting good plot, like important plot stuff and great like chemistry and jokes because all the interviews are taking place there. So everyone is still at the mansion. So like we're watching Sam Richardson and Ben Schwartz like run around and try to solve the mystery on their own and like find clues. Yeah. Like there's so much going on in the show. It's so it's so huge. Yeah. Uh, for like an eight episode comedy show. So let's let's just go through all of the different uh, yeah. genres that we touch on here. So episode one is through the eyes of Anique. Yeah. And uh, so Anique is Sam Richardson, who's just like a, a really regular run of the mill, sort of quirky, nervous guy, which so, which I love like a black man to be in uh, that yeah. role. Well, and Sam Feels Richardson great. in particular is just like, yeah, because he's usually he's like so, from from I think you should leave. He's always just like way out. There. Yeah. Or just or just like too, too much in the vein of he just doesn't get like protagonist consideration. Right. But he yeah, he's like your classic like like really likable nice affable guy, yeah. like attractive but not too hot type yeah. guy like the they came together protagonist right. type thing and so he gets a rom-com because yep. in his head he is living a rom-com and it's shot like nice and bright and it has like the feel-good music yeah and, and every every because in the flashback every person's performance is based on the genre of yeah. that episode so these all of these actors deserve a lot of praise yeah because they're acting in eight different shows right it's it's pretty fucking insane the way that the lines are written are informed by it yeah like, and there's there's jokes that are only jokes because of the way it's a certain moment is played differently from a previous episode yeah like you'll see an interaction play out in a completely different way yeah. than when you saw it in an earlier episode and like that's the joke right yeah that it's like you thought that it was that these people spoke to each other in this way yeah but, but that was only because of that. That was one person's perception. We don't fucking know. <laughs> like, we don't know how it, it like exactly actually went um, because there are also sh tons of clues based on that. And w the way that the mystery is eventually solved is like based on just like little tiny details that yeah. I'm comfortable saying this because you'll never notice the details that Tiffany Haddish figures out that like make. Like you didn't, you know, like we didn't see that. Let's yeah, it's let's crazy. let's get to the the final episode real quick. 
let's just mention all the all the other genres that we see because I I just thought it was so cool to include some of these. Yeah, I want to. Wanna... Episode two is like a Fast and Furious action movie. Yeah, it's about Ike Barinholtz's <laughs> character. He's a, he's so annoying, dude. The <laughs> the peeing race, the 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 <laughs> urinal. He's yeah, stream he, literally a pissing contest. <laughs> Like he's just he's who is it with and with Xavier with yeah he he is, it is one of the funniest things I've, I've seen Ex in a long Xavier time. is trying to fuck his ex wife recent ex wife or maybe still wife but separated right yeah um and so they're at urinals literally just pissing for like five minutes <laughs> it's like, the funniest trying not to finish <laughs> it's incredible yeah it's it's a huge moment for him and it feels like. Dominic Toretto, like yeah. living his life a quarter mile at a time. Exactly. <laughs> it's just so yes, it's incredible. And this is the episode where you really find out how deep they're going to go into these genres. Because the first one, you're like, okay, like a rom com is like pretty close to what the show is too, because you know, like the the B plot show is because yeah. we are following a Nika round. Um, and then the second episode, it's so different from the first one. Yeah. Like it's jarringly. Yeah. Because yeah. you're following the worst guy instead of the best guy. <laughs> and every interaction, he is yeah. really cool. And he's like, I'm going to kill Xavier. Yeah. With a, and he like stabs the table with a knife. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's even like a, a family line. Like, you know, like a, yeah. don't come after my family. Yeah, my family. Um, Ep3 is then Ben Schwartz musical. Mu yeah. Good music. One of the best episodes of television of the year, automatically. It's a really good musical. Yeah. The songs are by uh, John LaJoey of the League fame. Taco nice. from the League. Who all, He nice. has like a million, you know, he was YouTube famous before that for like, show me your genitals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he wrote some good fucking songs for this, yeah. for this musical. Yeah. How, it, great, how great is his party? Yeah. <laughs> there's, well, there's like the big, like, you know, kind of flashy numbers. And yeah. then there's the, the you know kind of more slower ones like the three dots yes uh number that it's, it's so like good. it actually is like uplifting and like yeah. emotional <laughs> it's yeah it's just it's a whole it's a song about like an incoming text message yeah the three dots you get yep it's it's just great like it's really really well done yeah it's him trying to get his shot with xavier because they used to be in a ska band together <laughs> um which you know there's obviously there's there's plenty of great ska jokes there's good footage of that luckily they shot a concert from high school with them wearing like checkered pants <laughs> and like slick down hair. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's extremely cool. Then we get uh, Chelsea, which is um, Alana Glazer, which is basically like a David Fincher yeah. thriller. Yeah, it is. That's exactly what it is. And it's it's very well shot. Yeah, it's it's almost not the best episode because it really it really is focusing on being dramatic. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I mean, I, I like seeing things from her perspective cause you know, you kind of feel yeah. like she's the most unhinged person at the whole party Yeah, and you're always you wondering like what's out, up with her. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like her character because it, it was, it seemed like a pretty stock, just like crazy girl role. And then they really get into it with that episode. It's a great episode because yeah. of that. And, and it's a big episode to kind of set up the next episode, which is high school yeah. where we actually see them in high school. Yeah. Because everyone is referencing this party that happened yeah. in high school. St. Patrick's Day. So, yeah, we get to see the party. They're like, they're honestly de-aged like weirdly well. Well, I don't think it's any digital effects. I think it's all in the performances and in the costume design. And, and I think and in, the, it. in the lenses. I, I think that it's a little soft on yeah. them. Um, but they like, I, I was just, I was sort of blown away because like usually even just makeup de-aging doesn't yeah. look that I mean, good. Ike Barinholtz is like 48. 
He's old as shit. He, I mean, he's even him like in the, you know, yeah, in him, real time. It, yeah. Seeing him standing next to Dave Franco. And it's yeah, like, they're like, yeah, we sure? we're all 33. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. This episode was really good. Yeah. I really loved it. The all of the the needle drops are like from 2006. Yeah. They're just some perfect ones like oh my god. Um but yeah, we see this actual party where all this shit goes down mm-hmm. and it kind of like sets up all the conflicts cuz we don't really know the full dynamics of these characters, you know. We get a little taste yeah. here and there, but this is the episode well, that really lets us know like this is who Xavier was in high school. This is how everybody knew him and, yes. and related to him. And it is very revealing. It's it's it shows uh, a lot about like, you know, this guy is now dead and why someone may want to kill him. And it's Walt's episode. Right. <laughs> Walt is it's as it's the parties at his house. Well, yeah, Walt is like a one joke character up until that point. And even is during the episode, pretty much. He's the character that no one remembers from high school or cares about at all. Yeah. Like he just blends into the background. This guy does it really well because this is the type of character I one joke characters across eight episodes could get really, really annoying. Yeah. And I he's yeah, funny, what's his name man. Again? I I have it pulled up. He's really, really funny. Jamie Demetrio. Mm. And like, his character's name? Uh Walt. What oh, is it again? Okay. <laughs> Who? <laughs> what? Egg? Who are we talking? I think about? Egg. Um, he fu- he fucking rock like the the many different ways that he he delivers lines in unmemorable ways. <laughs> like yeah, he's he's basically cringe. Like yeah. he's just a cringe guy. Yeah. The party was at his house and no one even knows it. The the big thing about this character is like nobody notices him and nobody wants him around. And that's just like continuously like what it is. And and they do a good job of just like not making you feel like this character is just of any impact at all. Mm-hmm. But the most consequential things happens at his house during this party. Yeah. Um, including like, you know, things that we don't know are setups for the big grand reveal at the end, which I think was yeah. very expertly done. It, it was so well yeah. done. But before that, there's more. Yeah. So then we get Zoe. Um, which is the animated episode, yeah, it's f- an entire cartoon fucking episode. Yeah. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Which I loved. And, and, um, if you're a real Chris, uh, Miller, Phil Lord head out there, you know, their clone high show, which mm-hmm. I don't think you can it's, get anywhere. It's really hard to get. Yeah. I think I don't, there might be clips on YouTube or something, but I think they, it looks like they got the same team to do it. It looks very similar to that yeah, show. It looks good. Um, and then the penultimate episode is from the kid's perspective. Um, oh, wait, no, that's no. the final one. Yeah, because Tiffany Haddish's episode. Um, yes, 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 yes. Which sorry, is like sorry, sorry. so fucking good. Yeah, it's like a police procedural Yeah, with and, Jimmy Tatro. <laughs> exactly. And you genuinely, you come to love yeah. Tim- Tiffany Haddish's character. Um, you, like, you like her as like, you know, she's just... She's silly. Like she she's basically a comedic character up to that point. Yeah. Um, and also just kind of like a little bit of the audience surrogate. Yeah. Just trying to get to the bottom of this mystery. Yeah, she's she's like we see her as like a very bad detective until yeah. this episode. Because she A, we we know from the jump that she shouldn't be on this case. She's just sort of like taking it um while everyone's on the way. And she's also like she's using this as just like popcorn entertainment for herself. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so but, we, but we then we realize it's not just that. It's also through this episode we realize it's because of 
everything that happened in her career yeah. up to that point. Yeah, and we and the, well, that's sort of that's it's perfect that this comes right before the finale because we basically find out in that episode that she is really smart. Like she yeah. is a good detective, and she is is moral. Right. You know, like she she doesn't sacrifice uh, her beliefs. She's not a crooked cop. Yeah. She. Yeah. It's a little Serpico episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, leading to the finale where. So, yeah, we get Maggie's story, who is like the daughter of Zoe and right. uh, Ike Barinholtz. Yeah. And even after that, we don't know. Yeah. So we don't know who the fuck it is. So we don't fully dive into another style here. There's like Muppets. It's like here, yeah, which it's is just fun. Like, There's it's like, just silly. It's like and they use like random like rando sound effects. Yeah. Like, <laughs> They're doing like hand clap movements at the party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like it's just like a, you know, a very happy kids. Yeah. Idea of what happened, which is fun. But it's only to arrive at the point where Tiffany Haddish is like. I figured it out. Yeah. Because and, of her testimony, I have yeah. it now. And then and, she gets the big, the big, you always want the big uh drawn out reveal. Of course. And of this the is, detective. This is so drawn out. Yeah. And, and to the point that John Early screams in like the funniest Get to the, point. the funniest scream I've ever seen. Um he has other moments in earlier episodes too where he kind of does a similar thing where he's like I think it's in the in the other episode when he's like, please don't tell your story right now. She's like yeah. laying down on the couch. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, no. are you fucking kidding me? Um, basically, she goes ahead and makes the bed for every single character to, right. to go down for this because right. every character has a good case. It's even more balanced than Knives Out is in terms of like really anyone yeah. could have done it. Well, the, the, the thing I loved about this finale is that before she even narrows it down to like the two or three people that definitely could have done it. Yeah. She makes you think for real that it's like a couple of other yeah, people. Yeah, that's what I'm like, saying. She makes their fucking beds. Yeah. Like she's like, well, of course he did. Like, here's a mountain of evidence. Right. Because this show has taken the time to build a mountain of evidence yeah. for everybody. Right. Uh, like, while doing genre parody, while doing B-plots, it's fucking nuts. Yeah. Like, it's so, it's a fucking puzzle, man. And the, the ultimate landing point has to like to stick the landing with this, it has to be a very specific reveal of who it is. Right. Because I didn't know who I was trying yeah, to, you get you, you're wanting like the whole thing with a show like this is you're following along and you're trying to put the mystery yeah. together yourself. So you, you have a couple ideas in your mind, you know, it could only be this many. I people. know, but you're also thinking, okay, this is obviously a very brilliant, well-written show. It's not going to be the most obvious. A lot of people, answer. it would be too obvious. Some people, it would just be unearned. Like, right. because like, we don't know them well enough or like, you know, they didn't. Well, I almost, I really thought that that's what it was going to be. Ooh. I thought that it was going to be the most unearned person because there's no way that they're going to like, in my head, I was like, okay, this is just a fun show to have fun every episode and explore different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, genres but by the end like we'll get we'll it. just pick we'll, whichever person and yeah. we'll make it work and they fucking do it yeah they do i i was like i don't think i'm gonna be fully happy with any of these people and they pick the one fucking person yeah that is it, it enough emotional stakes are in the person that you are shocked and you are upset but right. you're also like yeah and they yeah it is it is that person and they they there's a moment earlier in the episode where they like tip it towards that person. And I'm like, no, 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 there's no way. There's no way it'll be that person. Yeah. 
Hunter's coming in the garage right now. No, exactly. You, this, I mean, I'm from a law and order head. That is a hard thing to do is to, cause that's, this is exactly what law and order does. It's just like way worse right. where they, they introduce you to a ton of people and then they have to bring you back. And it's, it's someone that you've met, but that like, it's not that you've forgotten about them. It's just like, there are so many plausible, uh, suspects the, the way that it sticks the landing is, I think, like for what the show wanted to accomplish, it's like approaching a 10 right. because it does everything it wants to do. It's it's a very earnest, not your name. It's a very earnest comedy like right. this. This show is wants to show you how hard it is trying. I, do you want to spoil it or should we just not say it? Well, now Hunter's in here. Hunter, can you like go? Can you go in the You're other room? You're not allowed on go. camera. S- scat come on get out of here hunter's here but he's not here i I'm not really here. H- no i hunter i don't want you to hear that we're talking about the end of the after party i don't want you to hear go five four close the door three so listeners watchers if you don't want to know if you've listened up until this point and you and and you're like okay this show sounds like something yeah. i want to get into pause here and then go watch the show because genuinely it's a thrill ride. Like it is a well worth ride to get to the end. It's it's just fucking awesome. It, it is a must watch yeah. show, and we don't. I mean, it's a mystery. Like it all hinges on the reveal, so you don't want to know who did it. Yeah. But we're gonna talk about the end. So please, please come back once you've actually seen it. Yeah. So Benny Schwaz did it. Benny Schwaz <laughs> killed Xavier, who has been Anik's right hand man the entire time. Yeah. He Anik has been like key, cluing him in, and like they've been listening in on all these yeah. interviews. They're like they're like going full like yeah. duo mode. By the, the way, entire show Anik has been doing the worst job of clearing himself by like actively spying the entire time. But that I mean that's how you get good B plots is like because we because Anik is also an audience stand in because for like three or four episodes, he's listening just like Tiffany Haddish is. Yeah. And we're making like, riffs. And yeah. We'll, we'll cut to his and, face. Like, yeah. oh, fuck, you know, yeah. and like he's, you know, he's with, uh, for a couple, he's with Ben Schwartz listening in. Yeah. And it's, it's fucking Ben and it yeah. all makes perfect fucking yeah, sense. I almost want to rewatch the show just to yeah. see all those scenes to find the cracks because I, there's no way there are any cracks. Like that's the thing with Lord and Miller is like, they are so meticulous with this kind of shit that I am confident that there's no slip ups anywhere here. No, because it, it all, there's a moment where I thought it could be him and my brain immediately dismissed it. I was like, there's no way how could, how could it be him? It's somehow the one character that gets sort of lost in the shuffle because yeah. he's the perfect combination of two obvious but not obvious yeah. at all. And he gets like the best episode, in my opinion, yeah. like the flashiest. Oh, and by the way, the reveal that it's him in itself is an incredible misdirect because they're like, it's the one person whose story was the most cartoonish and unrealistic. Mm. And so we're all thinking it's going to be Zoe who yeah. literally had a cartoon and Anik's like, Oh no. So we yeah. think he's going to turn to Zoe and then they turn to fucking Ben. Yeah. It's so good. It's perfect. It's so good. It's, it's, it's such a, perfect, a good reveal. Yeah. Like, and I even to the, literally the last second yeah. they're trying to tell you it's someone else. I even thought like, 
what I was saying earlier is like, I even thought that it was probably just going to be like Walt. Cause that's like the easiest no. answer. Like if it was Walt, exactly. he wanted to be seen. Yeah. And that would and, suck. Yeah. And it's like, I thought that that's where, what this show was going to do. It was just going to be okay with giving us all these crazy yeah. wacky genre episodes. And then when you get to the end, it's like, yeah, whatever, just end it. Just pick somebody. Or that's fine. I, my, my second thought, because I, I have more faith in Chris Miller than that, even though it did cross my mind. I was thinking it would just be a Mm-hmm. because that's or brett they really go in i know on they brett. go in on brett but it was it was to the, an extent that i was like yeah it's it like but if it's brett it's just like oh cool it was the giant asshole who like has been nothing but a right. violent asshole right <laughs> you know like come on man or or the other thing i thought it was like he killed himself accidentally oh that yeah. was that was, oh, what was yeah. what was running through my head throughout the entire show yeah it was like there for, for some reason it's gonna be nobody i was thinking or at the very least it could be like any of them like were trying to confront him and then he he fell yeah. or whatever you know what i mean right. and so one of them does know but like yeah. they didn't do it on purpose yeah but no it's it's just ben schwartz unapologetically did it yeah like he fully did it he did it on purpose he was trying to kill his ass yeah um it's and and all of the the reasoning behind it and like the ways that he was trying to cover it up all just clicked yep. perfectly like airtight which is what you want from a mystery yeah you know and, and i feel like knives out does that too you know oh yeah and i i again i would love to to rewatch knives out as well to see kind of those cracks um but that's something that i love about a good mystery is like yeah. to be able to think back to everything leading up to the reveal and see how perfectly airtight it is because the moment you start po poking holes in it the 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 easier it is for you to kind of like let how good everything is fall out of your head just because yeah. everything hinges on that reveal which is it's unfair you know you have all of these great episodes and all these great moments and yeah. the whole time you're like okay but who done it but mm -hmm. who done it and it's like there's a lot of pressure on that and for them to actually get it right and have it feel earned and true to the yeah. characters and everything the show is trying to do. It's fucking nuts, man. Perfect. Yeah, it it really it, it it's it's special yeah. for doing that. Um in terms of being a pure comedy, like not every joke is gonna land. That's true of every Lord Miller project. You know why? Because they're trying, man. They're telling you it's a, a lot of volume too. They're telling yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're telling yeah. you a lot of jokes because yeah. they don't care about being cool. Like you know what I mean? This isn't like a cool show in the traditional right. sense. It's not like a, um, I don't know. It's not like a, a comedy that you'd watch and be like, man, this is fucking, you know, yeah. it, it's like, it, it's a try hard fucking show yeah. and it, it tries hard and it delivers harder. Like it delivers even more than, uh, more than what was promised, which was kind of a lot. Like this right. is a huge premise for a show. This right. is like a big, it, it's taking one high concept idea and marrying it with a much higher concept idea. Yeah. That's hard to fucking do yeah. and be funny. Also, when's the last time we got a murder mystery show? Because usually these things are movies. Law and Order. <sighs> I guess so, but that's a different mystery <laughs> no, every I episode. I know. Um, like for the entire season run to be a single mystery, we just don't see this. And I feel like I don't know. We keep bringing up knives out, but I feel like that's kind of like the big ticket item that started what may be now a trend because yeah. we are going to get like knives out, knives out two and three. Um, and also, well, also tonally, 
like there are similarities here yeah. between this and Knives Funny, Out. Because well acted. Well, big yeah, because cast. Ryan Johnson and Chris Miller are like pretty similar writers. Yeah. Um, that's what they were both gonna be in Star Wars people. Yeah. You know, like they're Shit. they're both like puzzle brain dudes who are very funny. Um, it's just that Lord and Miller lean heavy into the funny. Yeah. Like they're I, like, yeah, we're comedy guys at heart. Big, big props to Chris Miller because yeah. I cannot imagine how difficult it must have been to direct every single episode of this show and have it feel so distinct it's, and still like the same show, right? Yeah, that is like by definition, that is the work of a master. Yeah. Like that it's someone who has mastered the craft of all, like all filmmaking. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of like a big thing to say, but he does everything right in this, and he helped he helped write it. He he yeah. wrote and directed the the finale and the pilot. Um, he had help too. Uh, yeah, but that I mean that means that the finale and the pilot are where you get all of the information, yeah, the meat. Yeah, like that's yeah. If he wrote the if he wrote the finale, that means that he wrote the story basically. Right. Um, incredible fucking job like really really good job i i can't be more excited for season two. Oh I, wow i hope more fucking people watch this uh yeah me too uh apparently he's had this idea for a decade i believe it and he just never had a chance to make it lord and miller are, are superhuman guys like they're not normal guys even in like the film world they're they're the types of guys who have notebooks full of ideas that are better than anything you've ever yeah. you know like they're just they're geniuses. I'm I'm so glad they got fired off of Star Wars. <laughs> it's the best thing that could happen. I was saying this like at the time. Yeah. I was like, fuck yes. Yeah. Like they were trying to make it good and right. they got caught. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they literally that's what happened. They were like, hey, you this have Donald Glover riffing. Well, yeah, they were like, How dare hey, you? This this Lawrence Caston script is pretty dry. <laughs> what if we made it good by make the same way we make everything else good? I wonder how season two is going to play out. Um, do you just get another all-star cast and do more genre episodes? Do you just do that again? I think you can do that another season. Um, I think after that, it might get tricky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because how yeah, many... I mean, there's more genres they can do. You know, they could do... I guess... they. Could, I mean, they, they can... The answer is to get more specific. They can do an Apatow episode. Yeah. You know, where it's like... It's like really casual, like, <laughs> yeah, um, they can do, they can do like a Bob Fosse style musical. They can do a Lynch episode. Yep. Like they, they, they didn't go full experimental. The closest was that first lady in the, yeah. in the pilot who like, you know, she only gets a few seconds. Right. Um, and they could, they could do more with the visuals. Yeah, man. They could have like a Mr. Robot episode. And so it just all looks like that. Exactly. They can have a, a mob episode. Yeah. Like they, there's a lot to do still yeah. because. Like, I I don't, I'm a bigger fan of the Jump Street movies than most people, and it's because there's a lot of this in there. Like, the uh, 22 is just parody. Yeah, like it's just a parody movie. It's a parody of itself in a way that is not Deadpool-y. Yeah. Like it does all the same things, but in a great way. Um, and then it the, you know it, it rolls credit with all the sequels that are to follow and it's all just like fake future movies. Yeah. It's like them going to med school, you know, them. Yeah. That, that That's why I'm thinking like what their, what their plan for this must be, because if, if they're able to think like that for jump street to yeah. put all those jokes, just in the ending yeah. sequence, like that's basically what this show is. You know, you look at all of those genre parodies of yep. 24, 23 through 35 jump street. You know, that those are all different episodes of what Jump Street would be as an Apple TV mm -hmm. plus show. 
it's basically, so it's kind of a similar approach this is i mean this is what community became yeah you know and that's just because like they got bored yeah. <laughs> um but this show it's baked into the premise so right. it's not going to feel like too frenetic or all over the place like it has to be this yeah and it's so i only it's only going to be great like the next i wonder season. if they could remember how um jump street wanted to do that men in black crossover yes. that never happened i wonder if they could do that with this if they could bring in like God. crazy random crossovers they in here the things that they did for channing tatum <laughs> for his life yeah. oh my he dog like yeah. did well yeah <laughs> that's because of phil lord <laughs> yeah, exactly not really let's get dog in here it's <laughs> They can do a dog movie. They can yeah. do a, well. I'm thinking Community because uh, that's the closest parallel. They can do a video game episode like Community did. Mm. Like they can do anything they fucking want. They, I, they're one of the few creative teams that, like, I see their well as infinite. Right. Like I don't think that there's a limit to what they can do if they just if they have the time and they have the budget and they have the effort. Like they're brilliant guys. Right. Well. That's all we got for you. We recommend The After Party and Hacks. Check it out. Let us know what you thought of both of these. And thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we'll wait to see where both of these shows go in both of their respective season yeah. twos, which we may not see for a while, especially for this one. I feel like with Hacks, we'll get sooner because that one's probably filming now, if not soon. And also a lot easier to film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially with this one, if they want to go bigger with the cast, like that's going to be a whole thing to wrangle, yeah. you know, big stars, if that's what they want to do. I mean, they can also just get a bunch of like Ben Schwartz types and like, you know, UCB funny people. Like right. it, it'll, it, they can do fucking anything, man. Yeah. Um. By the way, for all the praise I just gave this show, um, and I agree with you that it's the show of the year so far. So far. I think that Severance has the potential to be better than this. Yeah. We'll get into that, that that's one. That's a little pre for everyone. But as as much as I'm ringing the alarm for the after party, I'm ringing it for Severance right now. This yeah, show is wildly good. It's I on it's on Apple as well. I think the bulk of the season is still left. I think it might be a 10 episode season and um, we've only seen 4. It is phenomenal. Yeah. In every single aspect, like direction, uh writing and acting maybe especially. It's it's phenomenal. Well, thank you for tuning in. Uh, please email us at webottomike.gmail.com and follow us on social media at webottomike. Uh, subscribe on YouTube and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And hit up anchor.fm slash webottomike to both donate and send us a voicemail. Uh, thank you, all you beautiful donors, for donating. Also, check out webottomike.net to get every episode delivered to your inbox. Stay tuned for uh, next week with uh the batsman which we are recording in just a little bit yeah i honestly forgot that hunter was here for the yeah, hunter's like hunter's just in your house right now how does that make you feel and uh the return to robin williams with toys which toys is so hard to watch that we are waiting for it to arrive on dvd yeah yeah so we'll hold over uh till then with the batman um yeah. so thank you so much for listening and watching and we'll see you next time take care